Welcome to another episode of Arbor Culture. This time round, we are talking government and council tenders. Uh, it comes up time and time again when I'm chatting with uh, business owners right around Australia. Uh, we seem to get on the, the subject of uh, council tenders, and it's something I honestly know nothing about. I, when I ran my business, I did, never went for for any government tenders, so I thought I'd better get an expert uh, on the matter. So I reached out to quite a few companies looking for someone who's uh, obviously who's a tender writer, but someone who's had specific experience in writing tenders for tree maintenance. And I come across uh, Jason from the tender team. Uh, he seemed to really know uh, what he was talking about and, and be on point. So I caught up with him the other day and asked him a few questions that I thought might be handy. And this is how it went. Uh, Jason, thanks, um, thanks for taking the time to, to do this. Do you, do you want to start off by uh, giving me a little bit of background on yourself and your experience writing tenders? Sure. I, was, uh, I started off in a, in a job as a tender writer. Mm-hmm. And um, for the last seven years, I've been running a consultancy for the tender team. And the tender team helps uh, companies in Australia and some in the U.S., in the United States as well, uh, write tenders. And okay. um, I also run a company called Sax Consulting, which is a, the same thing, just a U.K. brand name. Um, right. And we help people write, write tenders. So we help tradies. We help uh, people in the construction industry as well as professionals. Okay, and you've had a bit of experience writing uh, for, for tree maintenance? Sure, yeah, fair bit. Um, for example, um, Brisbane City Council, which is one of the largest councils in Australia, we uh, completed their tree maintenance uh, tent for one of their biggest suppliers that were a current supplier and they didn't want to lose it. Right. Um, another one was uh, for other local councils, government and also private construction companies um, okay. and the tree maintenance people and property property maintenance as well basically so property managers um nice. and that's where the tree maintenance guys would be wanting to win the contract for okay. three and five year periods to be their designated tree maintenance professionals yeah. and tell me what's what's the competition like um you know, applying for these tenders is is, a, is it stiff is there a lot of people going for it or is there only a few of the, the larger companies that are that are applying for these tenders um the, the competition is uh substantial um it's not only the larger companies especially for council or government level. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for the larger contracts, you need to join up with another company or where you don't have the expertise for a specific area. But in general, um, the, the, the small companies do get a chance to win them, and that's because some larger companies sometimes can lose out on quality. It's pretty um, right. structured in what they do. Yep. So, you know, if you win the contract, if you haven't performed in the contract in two years' time, mm-hmm. and you call us to say, hey, help us win this tender, and you've got negative feedback, KPIs have been missed, service levels, things like that, then right. it's difficult um, to, to sort of be reappointed. Yep. So yep. it's reasonable competition, but you've still got a shot at winning it. And um, for some small businesses, to win a contract like that is, is substantial. And for the large companies, it keeps the cash flow up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And, and, and tell me, what would you say are the, the top three things that uh, councils or, or government would look for when assessing a tender, do you think it's uh, the plant and equipment, the safety standards, the experience? Uh, w- um, what are they looking at? I think your safety, environmental, and quality standards are a given. So they have to be right to get a chance to win the tender. Okay. Once you've passed that stage and you've got a compliant tender response, it comes generally comes down to three things. The first is the methodology, so how you're going to approach the contract. 
and mm-hmm. how you're going to complete it. So it's convincing them that you have the know-how and the capability and the long-term plan to be able to do it. Yep. The second one is the experience, of course, um, but also relating that experience to what the tender is asking. That's key. So there's no right. point in talking about how you service um, a, a whole lot of residential clients when you're trying to win the council tender or, or a large construction property tender. It's you want to be, talk about similar clients and it's going to be the right experience. Yeah. yeah. And if okay. not, you really need to talk about, okay, guys, we haven't won any, we haven't completed any council tenders, but the way we manage our residential tenders, we're, you know, we're servicing 3,000 homes a week, so there's no problem. So okay. it's about linking it. Um, the yep. third point is um, your personnel and equipment. Generally speaking, they don't mind who's actually doing the work, but you've got to put on solid and comprehensive CVs for your key personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you, you know, your project managers, your, your, your supervisors and your CEOs, they want to know that you know how to manage the contract over the longer term and that you're going to deliver. And okay. they also, with the equipment, it's important, but you've just got to put forward the fact that if you are going to buy any equipment because you don't have certain equipment for that tender, mm-hmm. then you've just got to state that and prove that you're going to buy it. So demonstrate that you've had votes and so forth. Really go the extra mile in showing that you've done your homework and you're ready to complete the contract. But yeah. what the councils or government want um, and what the larger companies want is they want you to put their mind at ease that once they award the contract, they don't have to worry and it will get done. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's the job of the tender rider to sort of do that. Right, right. And, and you mentioned uh, about methodology, uh, safety. Mm-hmm. What sort yep. of what sort of things do uh, would a company like just say I'm, I'm a small business, all I've been doing is residential at the moment. Uh, what yep. sort of things would I need to come to you with? Uh, just say I was going to get you to write me a tender uh, or help mm-hmm. me apply for a tender for council. Uh, what sort yep. of paperwork, what, what do I need? Um, there'd be a lot of small businesses out there sort of scratching their head going, get a methodology. Yeah. What do you mean? No, no, where, where would they no, start? It's okay. Well, it's pretty, with, the, um, with the safety and the quality, you don't have to worry because we've got templates. And our templates okay. can most of the time, they can once we create them, they can fly under the radar of the council, so it'll get passed. Mm-hmm. It won't be ISO certified, but that's not a deal breaker on council tenders and some large companies. Maybe for a, a very large government tender, it's a different story. So templates are the answer that, you know, we can sort of develop the safe work method statement, safety plan, site safety plans, and so forth. Mm-hmm. That's easy. But with the methodology, what they need to come with is they need to read the tender document in full, and we read it in full, understand what they want done. So whether it's rain delays, whether it's weakened work, whether there are issues around tree maintenance, works being undertaken and disrupting other uh, parties or other stakeholders or whatever it may be, other contractors. Yep. And they need to be able to plan out what they're going to do. And then the, the biggest issue we have is they've probably got that plan in their head about how they're going to do it. They've gone out and they've inspected the site, they've inspected the work that are required. But then it comes back to them and they say, oh, relaying what they know to us in writing, which we usually do face-to-face or over the phone, we can write it all out for them. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part because they've got to share all that information. So the methodology is doable. It just takes work, basically. So they yeah. just need to come with a good 10 hours spare to do a good job of it, and then yeah. we can definitely deliver it. Okay, okay. And, and yeah. tell me this, um, how important is price to council? Do they go for the cheapest tender? Uh, you, you could charge triple the price of anyone else and you'd still get it if, you know, all these, no, they, all these they, things are in place. Yeah. Generally, they have a waiting criteria. So what a waiting criteria is that they'll come out and they'll say, listen, regardless of how good your experience is, 40%, of our decision, so 40% of the weighting of mm-hmm. who we're going to select is, is put on price. Right. Now, if you undercut everybody but you can't deliver it, 
council still will not award a tender to you, generally speaking. Because yep. if they do, all the council managers or even government or a private organisation are going to know they've got the cheapest price and it's going to be a big hassle for them to manage these people if they don't know what they're doing and they haven't got the experience. So price yeah. does matter and they generally do provide a weighting criteria. Our advice is to, to all our clients is, look, we look good if we win you the tender, but there's no point in you winning the tender and you're not going to make any money on it. Yeah. Then you're going yeah. to come up with a, with, a, with a big hassle, little profit and a, a bad experience in nine months' time. And when we call you in a year to say, how's it going, you're not, you're not going to be happy. So it's, I think price is important, and it's important to be competitive. But, but it's a balance. To, yeah, it's a balance, and, you know, you've got to be competitive and then win the tender based on your experience, your personnel, and a good competitive price. Yep. But um, if you've been with the council for an extended period of time, we shouldn't just focus on councils. could be a private company, could be a big state, whatever it may be. Yep. If you've been with them for an extended period of time, and they know you and trust you, and you have the right relationships in place, if you do a really good job of a tender and demonstrate that you're adding value in different ways, then you can sometimes justify a bit of a higher price. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And, yeah. and tell, t- tell me this, what's the difference between, say, someone writing up their own tender or going through a company like you? I'm sure there's companies that have applied for tenders themselves uh, and obviously yeah. going, going through you. Uh, you know, what are some of the benefits I, of going through a tender rider? Sure. The, I, I generally believe any, anyone who puts their mind to it with a, with a decent resource allocation mm-hmm. should, and, and, you know, if they've got a assistant that's working in the office that has all the documentation and all of that, they will generally at least do a 70 to 80% job if they have a good shot at it. Yep. So we're there to, to lift it up to the, to the 100%, to the 9 out of 10 level. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that, and that's only because we specialise in it, because we know, like, different strategies. We understand the wording for government. We demand more of the client. So the advantage is that they get us being the bad guys and saying, okay, but I need more. That's not convincing enough. Do you have any supporting documentation? Here's your Indigenous policy. Where's the certificate from your labour hire company to prove that? So we can beef it up. Yeah. Um, and that's where they get the benefit from us um, as a tender writer. But there still isn't anything wrong with people completing their own tenders, and they still can can win them. So um, they just got to put the work in. We're there to to sort of to get it over the line, so to speak, yeah, or to really increase their their chances. That's the benefit of us. Plus, we okay. take the time off their hands. But um, yeah, that's the real benefit. Okay, okay. And what's the cost of uh, you know what would you charge? Just say there's a um, you know a, a tree maintenance tenders come in for. My local council, it's for, for two years, um, just for trimming street trees. I want to apply for it. Mm-hmm. I've got the equipment. Uh, what would you charge me? Um, you know, if you've got to use some, some templates as well, I've got no safety. I've got, yeah. uh, pretend I'm starting from scratch. What would it cost me yeah. uh, for you to help me apply for this tender? Probably, probably about six and a half thousand Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, you, if it's a US person, then, you know, it's going to be probably six and a half thousand US. Right. However, if, um, if you've got some documentation, you've got a website, you've completed a couple of tenders before, even though they're not great, they exist, then it you know, starts at about 3000 So somewhere between 3000 and 6500 Okay, okay. So if I can put yeah. a bit of, bit of stuff together myself, uh, it would save yeah. me some money. So 6000 yeah, from, yeah. from scratch. Yeah, we, we tell people, even if you've got a... If you've got a sort of like a staff member or you're talking about a husband and wife team and the wife's at home managing the business, mm-hmm. just a little annoying stuff getting done with ABN, business numbers, insurance documents, that, those sort of items. If you're willing to sort of help out with that 
with that sort of work, um, then it, it, it takes a minimum of fifteen hundred dollars, so one thousand five hundred off that price anyway. Oh, because we we have to okay. allocate time to do all that. Yeah. So it drops it to but to it's got to be a collaborative. Hour. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Okay. And, and one last question: What's what's a hit yeah, sure. rate? What's a hit rate? Imagine I went for say three or four tenders in a year. Um, yep. You know, would I be? Obviously, there's no guarantees. But what do you think the chances of me getting one of those tenders uh, is? Yeah, it's a great question. Most important point is to qualify the tenders you go for. I mean, and this is what we tell people a lot because, like, a you're going to pay us, or if you're going to do it on your own, it's going to take you a lot of time. Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity cost to that time. So, if we've got two hit rates, we can tell you one hit rate is on the ones that we've told the people to go for. So we've said, yep, it's worth a shot. It's your local area. You've got the contacts. You've got a few previous. You know, you might even be an existing supplier. Mm-hmm. So on those ones where it's worth a shot, this year we're running at seventy-one percent. Okay. But on the ones that we include any and every tender that we're going for, even if we tell the client, listen, it's not worth going for, but you go for it anyway. So you yep. do this kind of approach that's like you've got to be in it to win it type attitude, yep. which we generally don't agree with. Um, then our hit rate taken into account everything is 32%. Right, right. So you can see, you you can see that it's not really worth a shot. Yeah, yeah. So we, we advise everyone to, to pick their battles. You're definitely best to pick your battles. Uh-huh. There's, um, the tenders aren't like a silver bullet. If you, you know, register for tenders and people start tending your tenders, it doesn't mean you go for the first one you see. You fit mm-hmm. the ones where you've either, A, got contacts. So, you, you know, you might not be servicing them, but, you know, it might be the supervisor there is also a supervisor from the previous tender you worked on, you know, contract. B, it's in your area, or C, your experience, uh, equipment, and so forth aligned to the requirements of that tender. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Look, Jason, that, that'll cool. do us. That, that, that's been some amazing information. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, if anyone Thank listening you very much. wants to get in touch with you, how do they find you? Sure, it's um, www.thetenderteam.com.au. Yep. Um, or they can always give me a call. Um, my number is 0410-448-770, and that's Australian. So plus 61410-448-770 if you're calling from overseas. Fantastic. But um, a simple email is always best. So info, info, at thetenderteam.com.au. Awesome. Good, good stuff, Jason. Cool. Look, th- thanks Cheers. again, and... Um yeah, all, thank all you. And that concludes the interview that I had with Jason. I'm very happy, actually, how that turned out. Uh, Jason, wow, had a lot of information. Uh, he expanded on a lot of the questions, which I wasn't expecting. So, uh, yeah, we got some really good information out of him. One of the things uh, he mentioned that uh, before we actually started recording that I wanted to bring up in the interview and I forgot uh, was to do with uh, partnering up with another company. So there's uh, government tenders that are out there uh, where uh, being a small business and you're, you're after a tender, but maybe you can't uh, fulfill some of the parts of the tender. Um, some t- tenders come uh, sort of a, as a group package, so maybe there's some tree removal and planting and you don't really do the planting. Or maybe there's some power line trimming and you don't have an AWP. Uh, there are ways where you can apply for it and uh, subcontract in another co- uh, company. So it gets a little bit more technical, uh, but it actually might be a, a good way uh, to get into the tender game uh, without exposing yourself too much uh, where you can subcontract and, and rely on some other companies as well. So I think it might be worth recording a, a second episode on tenders. 
so I'll, I'll have to hunt round. I might use Jason again, or I might hunt round to get a, uh, a fresh perspective. So look out for that in the uh, in the coming months. All right, guys. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. Leave any comments below, uh, good or bad. I'd I'd like to to read them. Uh, and that's it from me. Okay, this is Ben.